Welcome to episode four of the Stan Morgan Podcast, where we help financial professionals like you recognize and reach your potential faster. In today's show, we explore the third of the five stages of the elite advisor path. The maturing stage is where you started to build a team, but now have to be laser focused on getting the most out of them so you can do the work that only you can do. Now, this stage can provide a comfortable living for a lot of advisors, so listen closely. You may have found yourself here and stopped pushing yourself to get to the next level. To save you time and to keep from missing future episodes, make sure you sign up to get updated the minute we release a new show by visiting stenmorgan.com slash podcast. So here's today's show. Welcome back, Sten. Glad to be here, man. It's great to be with you. I want to start our episode today. We're going to be talking about the third stage of uh, the five stages of becoming a lead advisor, uh, which is maturing. Uh, but I wanted to share some feedback we received recently, unsolicited feedback, which is my favorite kind That's of always nice. positive feedback is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Unsolicited positive feedback is my <laughs> second favorite. Uh, but from a, a member of our lead advisor network community. So if you're interested in that, you can go to stenmorgan.com slash E-A-N stenmorgan.com slash EAN to check out more about this. But this is from uh, one of our members uh, sent us this morning. So I thought I'd share this with you. I don't know if you've read it yet or not. But uh, he said, hey, guys, I was reflecting this morning on the past year and how grateful I am both personally and professionally. We're coming up on one year since the planning program, uh, which kicked off a year of incredible professional growth for me. That's our program where we teach folks everything we know about getting paid for your planning. He said, EAN's structure, guidance, and resources, and a lot of hard work, have gotten me to a place with my business I couldn't have imagined a year ago. It's probably a good indicator how far you've come when you look back and think, what the heck was I thinking back then? (laughs) Uh, So thank you uh, for sharing that with us, uh, an EAN member named Andy. Uh, So thank you for sharing that. And and my favorite part of that, Stan, actually, was he said, EAN, structure, guidance, resources, and my favorite part is he says, and a lot of hard work. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we're really honest with our EAN members, um, it's still work. Mm-hmm. It's good work. Yep. It's still hard work, but um, but we'll get you there faster. That's right. So that was great. Yeah, I think there's a, a tendency in our business, whether it's like, oh, my managers aren't teaching me enough, or the firm I'm with isn't have the products I need. Like, there's a, so many reasons we can say why we're not advancing. Yeah. Um, when it it is any advisor that's been successful, well, that is a common theme. Like it it was hard, and I pressed <laughs> in, and I learned, you know. And so I, I I'm glad he put that in there because. Any great ideas, like without the grit side yeah. of it, it won't work. Yeah, and, and I think for us, as we run a community, you know, we have these people that come to us and we say, here's what we promise we'll give you. Mm-hmm. But we also have to be really honest with them. And we don't say, and it's going to be easy because it's about setting expectations, yep. right? And so we set expectations. We will help you get there faster, but it's still going to be hard work. That's right. And where people get discouraged is like, this is hard? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to him, and we're, we're glad he's part of our community. Uh, we're going to talk about the third level to uh, the biz- to the advisor path, which is uh, maturing. I want to I want to start here with this, which is that you you've been around long enough. We talk with enough advisors. There's something that a lot of advisors do that they think will help them level up, but it's usually not the the solution, and it's about switching. It's about jumping ship and so on and so forth. So what have you seen in your experience when it comes to people trying to level up by essentially trying to get on a different ship, if you will? It's it's the path of least resistance. It's it's looking around and saying, what's the thing I can change 
that I think is just going to double my income without hard work. And at times advisors go to a different firm because the grass is greener or, um, they join a team because they think, oh, if I'm with another advisor, that advisor <laughs> yeah. is just going to pass me business. Well, the other advisor is thinking the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, well, the other advisor thinks they're just going to pass me business. Yes. Right. And then I've seen so many partnerships not go well because they're just like, well, why aren't you doing it? Well, what are you doing? It, a 50-50 partnership where you split everything, I've seen it done well like twice. Yeah. I've seen it done poorly a hundred times. Yeah. We have to remember that there is an elite way through this business and to try to hijack it or shortcut it you will at some point reflect if you stay in the business and say, man, that was, I knew in my heart that at the time there was a, there was a harder path that I was trying to pass on. Mm. And therefore I was pointing fingers or blaming or looking for a quick fix. And that's just, there's a creative path. There's an elite path, but, it, but it's going to still be a hard path. Yeah. You know, I've, it's discouraging that this happens again and again and again. And we've had enough conversations with enough advisors that you can kind of see it coming you know, I had a conversation this morning with an advisor and, you know, the phrase was used, the grass is green on the other side. And I said, well, I think the full phrase is actually the grass is greener, but you still have to mow it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, I forgot about the mowing part, mm-hmm. you know, because it, of course what they sell you when they recruit you is, is you know, everything's great. Mm-hmm. And maybe there are some things that are better. Mm-hmm. I think what Sten teaches regularly is, uh, for those listening, is he, he talks about the fact that um, that wherever you go, uh, it's going to be hard work. Mm-hmm. And um, when someone says it's not going to be hard work, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a red flag, right? Yep. So let's talk more about this third stage, which is maturing. There's a big differentiator at this stage where the person starts to view and talk about themselves in a completely different way. They actually stop identifying themselves. This is kind of crazy, but. They stop identifying themselves as a financial advisor. The elite ones do. When when that switch is flicked in their mind, that they realize that they're leading people, they're running a business yeah. at this point. Uh, and and you can actually resonate with our business owner clients. When I sit down and I talk like I'm a business owner, completely different interaction than like I'm a financial advisor that works for a big firm. And even if you work for a big firm, like quick as quickly as possible, realize you are running a business and you have to be a great business owner. Yeah, that, I think, frankly, that can be a detriment to that conversation if you're like, yeah, I work for this firm. Oh, then you don't relate to me because I don't work for anybody. I work for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm the business owner. Mm-hmm. And so the more you can identify as a business owner, mm-hmm. that is the elite path. That's yep. what we're talking about is is a shift from, yes, you're an advisor, but you're only an advisor because you own a business where you are an advisor, mm-hmm. right? So that's a big shift. And I think the, the, the issue there is, because I've heard this taught in the, in the industries that like, to tell your clients you're a business owner or think like a business owner and, and to just throw the label on yourself is one thing, but to take it seriously, to actually yeah. develop yourself as a business owner is where you, you reap all the benefits. I walk into meetings much more confident because I know what it's like to lead people, what it's like to deal with payroll, all these things. And so my hope is any advisor that starts to say, I'm a business owner, right. starts becoming a business owner. Yeah. Starts reading books, getting around other people that think that way because the the, the soft benefits of that that you won't even see are, are, a, are a confidence yeah. and, and an approach that yeah. will get you more business. Yeah, it's a strategic – it changes your strategic thinking. And again, it's just you think bigger. You, you make bigger and better decisions because you're thinking of it as not as, you know, how can I sell this product, which is a very small thought, to how can I have a company – it has great people 
that deals with more ideas and out of that comes some products, which is like four steps back from products, right? right? If you're listening and and us saying you're a business owner just does not land. Hmm. And that's, I don't know what that means. I have no context for that. Like that should be your homework. Like find an advisor that you'd say they seem like they have balance. They have teams. They delegate. Yeah. They are, uh, they take themselves seriously as the product. They're improving themselves all the time. Like find that person as soon as possible. Because you have to get around them or read more books. Please don't let that just kind of float by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you don't figure it out now, you'll have a light bulb moment five years from now. And you'll say, man, if I would have just internalized that five years ago, that would have been a game changer. Absolutely. And to, to think about that as early as you possibly can, I think is really healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing? I'm building a business. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's your business? Oh, I'm a financial advisor. That's very different than what do you do? I'm a financial advisor. That's right. Right. So, I mean, I think even. Which both- is really a salesperson. At its, at its simplest form is I get into a business, I'm a financial advisor, but I sell product. Yeah. And again, the products are important, but our view of that is products are tools. Like the ideas are the product, the advisor is the product. And so if you can as quickly as possible realize that you as the business owner, the advisor is what's important and the, the products do not define your value. You talk about this, that one of the goals uh, is that you would, in this stage, you would start to have more balance in your life, that you would have create some more freedom that you could accomplish more by working smarter. So you're becoming a better leader, a better delegator. Uh, you're hiring great people. You're not compromising on your hiring. Um, and one of the things that, that you do in this stage, typical, is that you actually start to treat your clients differently. I've heard you explain this before about Everyone's in the same concert, but everyone gets the same seat. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets to hear the music really well, but everyone's in the same seat, right? But everyone gets to hear. So everyone's going to get great service, but they're not going to get the same service. So talk about in this stage about how important client segmentation is. Client segmentation is important regardless of, the, of your stage. But as a rookie and moving through stable, typically what I see with advisors is that they may start categorizing their clients, but they still serve them all the same. The service model, you know, we'll meet whenever we can so, meet. Yeah, same number of meetings. Similar know. follow-up emails. You know, they don't Christmas really get anything Christmas gift extra. is the same. Yeah. Christmas birthday cards to them. Like, the service model is not completely differentiated. But the idea that 80-20 rule, that at every stage of your career, there's 80% of people that probably take up most of your time, but, you know, most of your revenue comes from the 20%. Yeah. And as quickly as you can start looking at your book that way, it'll, it'll help you. What'll happen to advisors is you can look back at your rookie and stable phase and realize I spend a lot of time away from things that are important to me. And it's when advisors start getting the maturing phase, they start seeing themselves as a business owner, they start delegating better, that they want to have more balance in their life. That they want to, you know, take more trips to their kids or spend more time traveling for themselves. The risk is, is that people just get stuck in maturing. And mm-hmm. this is where most advisors get stuck is in this phase. Because they're making enough money, they have some structure around them, and they just they have a to, team. They have a team. Yeah. And they just settle. Because I think the lie is, is like, oh, in order to level up again, I'd have to, I just, it continued to consume me. Yeah. For me, as I moved through rookie and stable, I was trying to keep balance all the time for that. You know, I was in a broken home, wanted to be with my kids all the time. I I grew my business never working on the weekends and getting home around 5.15 every day. That was just important to me. So it's possible to level up without giving away more of yourself. You just have to continue to level up the way you're doing it. So a huge part of this stage, I think, goes is focused on the people on your team mm. the, the the way you level up this yes you're you're doing great things investing in your own learning and development but this becomes that your solution to improvement is 
that you're able to do the the things that you know you can uniquely do, and that you really, really start to have um, a team that can help you grow the business, mm-hmm. not just do admin support. The admin happened in the last stage. You you, were, you got an admin in the last stage of stable. At the maturing stage, you said that things that really leveled you up were client segmentation, but also support staff that helped you run the business, mm-hmm. not just become a better advisor. Who, who is that? That's my practice manager. So the idea before it was like I had a you know a relationship manager, somebody that processed forms, took client emails, scheduled meetings for me. That's a very standard kind of first hire potentially. Right. And then maybe you get a junior advisor, somebody that's helping you with meeting prep and, and things that this other support person can't do. Um, my relationship manager was able to level up to a practice manager, which means she was uh, having accountability meetings with the team members on my behalf on a weekly basis. So we yeah. had clear KPIs and a clear path and they understand our goals. Uh, she look at the expenses for the business for me. So all of a sudden, the when I hired my first hire, they took sixty percent of the stuff I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hired a junior advisor; they took about probably thirty to forty percent of what I was doing. As soon as I was able to have a practice manager, it took a lot of business stuff. I still had to be the visionary and run right. the planning, but the day to day business things that are not revenue generating, I was able to pass off and found probably another thirty percent of my schedule to do client facing, growth oriented things. Right. Right. So in this stage, to get out of maturing, and again, most people get stuck here, you have to have more than you, a relationship manager, and one other person. Because what we've talked about in the last couple of episodes is how you, you start to view yourself as a business owner. But when you do that and you start to do business owner type things, that can then fill up your time, which is what does a great business owner do? They lead really well. But that doesn't mean that you have to be the one to answer all those requests mm-hmm. from your team. You could have someone else do that. So- um, the other shift that happened for you in this stage, a characteristic of the maturing stage, is that you shifted into, hey, I, I'm a business owner. I, I, I have the freedom to come up with unique ways to create income. And in this business, unique anything is like red flags. You know, <laughs> you, know you can't really, don't think, don't think <laughs> right. unique anything, right? Yep. Uh, stay in the box, right? So this was uh, the shift you had towards getting Stop giving away one of your most valuable things, which is your ideas, and start charging for them. So your the way that you started to develop your business was by adding a, a completely different vertical, mm-hmm. which is getting paid for your ideas, getting paid for planning. And that was literally just a decision you made. And then the next person you met with, you decided, I'm not going to just give it to you for free. I'm going to give you some good ideas to show that I have great ideas. Mm-hmm. But that plan that you sort of, and we hear this all the time from advisors. Well, I just give that to them so I can get to the product. That became your, you became known for your ideas instead of your products. Yep. Learning to charge for my time and ideas is what pushed me out of the maturing phase into comfortable, which is the next season we'll talk about. I mean, it was the biggest catalyst for me because what I realized I was doing in the rookie and the stable phase was what everybody else was doing. I was just hoping I was meeting people before other advisors were. Hmm. And that's kind of just, you know, gambling in a way you're yeah. like is somebody going to run into me today that's ready to do something that's not going to interview other advisors that are better than me and i'm just going to hope it works out and i didn't want to keep doing that i didn't want to keep saying in order to get bigger clients have more assets i'm gonna have to compete against better advisors that have had those clients for 20 years like that doesn't seem like that those odds are in my favor yeah i'm gonna do the same thing they've been doing you for 20 years but you don't know me are you interested yeah you know, like no no yeah like yeah. why yeah. unless i catch somebody that's upset in an advisor which Onboarding a client that's mad at another advisor is not a great way to start a relationship. <laughs> you may get yeah. them, but listen yeah. closely to why they're upset. And so for me, 
going to a conference and again, investing in myself, I spent 900 bucks to fly to DC, go to this conference for a couple of days. And one of the breakouts sat there and heard, heard somebody from Seattle, I think say a client does not walk into our firm unless they pay us $5,000. So I don't, you don't know this, but someone emailed us this week and they said, what was someone that's on our email list? Um, and they said, uh, what was the $900 course Sten bought? <laughs> and I, and maybe they're a podcast listener and I, and I, and I wrote them back and said, I, I, I think I know what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a specific course. I said it was a conference he went to and it was a breakout inside of that conference. That's right. So it was a breakout of something, you know what I mean? It was like a breakout of a breakout of a breakout. <laughs> you know, it's, it was a 45 minute talk from some guy he would never met. That's right. To completely change your trajectory. And the lesson there is that if you want to have a different result, you have to do different things. That's right. And you went, oh, I could pretend and think I look like everyone else in the world because I own this different URL and no one else uses that URL, so I'm special. Yeah. No, you, it looks like everyone else, sounds like everyone else. And what you figured out, and this is a, moving through this maturing stage, which is what we're talking about, is that that you went to, I am truly a business owner and I'm going to try to target business owners with my ideas and I'm going to develop, I think you can speak to this, next is that you started to develop your idea bank. Mm-hmm. You started to realize I, I can't know everything I need to know for all these clients to really be truly valuable. So I'm going to stop trying to learn everything on my own as in be the originator of the year. I'm going to go start to take my COI group mm-hmm. and and treat them differently. So yeah. what shifts in this stage in regards to your COI group that really is a huge eye-opener for a lot of people that we teach? So the industry told me early on uh, that centers of influence, attorneys, CPAs, realtors, whatever – industry they're in yeah. are referral partners. Meet them, take them to lunch, and and get them to send you business. Uh, and I tried that, and I'd get one here, one there. Why doesn't that work? Those COIs are just as busy, if not busier, than you are with their own stuff. So so I sat down, I remember thinking, like, if somebody said, hey, Stan, here's this pitch. They leave my office. I get a call from my wife about my kids going to soccer. Yeah. Like, they're just no longer on my radar. Like, it's not sticky. And so I decided to repurpose my COI network I built and start saying they're my idea partners. That if I have a tax attorney or estate plan attorney and I can go to them and say, hey, great to see you, as opposed to saying, hey, can you send me business? Right. Say, what are the most creative things you're seeing done in your your part of the business? Estate planning, tax strategies, like share that with me. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm creating these ideas that when I meet with a potential client – I'm not going in there in my mind thinking like, man, the only way this is good for me is if I sell them an insurance policy. How can I sell them an insurance policy? Or, hey, do they have any money to invest? I go in there much more confident saying there's some way I'm going to add value. And I have this bank of ideas, you know, right. whether it's tax harvesting or something to do with real estate that I can just give them value. And it's something I'm sharing from somebody else. I'm not going to file their taxes. I'm not going to prepare their estate. Yeah, you're not going to go, hey, I need 3% commission on that sale. <laughs> That's right. And I'm your realtor, you know? Yeah. yeah, but I'm this curator of great ideas and I'm building rapport much faster. And then I'm also vetting the client. So through that first or second meeting, I'm saying, is there enough value to add here for me to feel confident and saying, hey, pay me this fee and you're going to be happy with me 12 months from now. Right. And so if any advisor, COIs are great. Those COIs have become clients of mine now. Like it, it'll work out. It's just, it's a I'm longer I'm going to interrupt tale. real quick. Sorry. I'm going to interrupt because what happens, you don't see it because you're in it, Sten. You're like, you're Sten, like having Sten talk about this is like asking fish, how's the water? And they're like, what water? Because they don't realize they're in it all the time. But this is what happens with Sten and his COIs, is that he'll get great ideas from them, and he'll say, thank you for this great idea. Let's just say it's a, a tax, or it's a real estate thing. 
You don't have your real estate license, do you? No. Okay. You're going to get it? <laughs> no, no. No. Okay. All right. Okay. But then Sten meets with someone, shares that idea with them, and they're like, oh, yeah, I should do that. Sten doesn't go, and I'll do the transaction. No, he calls the real estate person that he had the COI and brings them business, right? Like, do you think that COI likes Sten? Yeah. Give me your best ideas so I can go see if one of my clients can use it. And then when they need it, I'm going to call you back. And I'm going to send you business. Yeah. What COI says no to that? I mean, yeah. I, maybe some, I don't know. But. And it'll also help you level up your COIs because if you're young in the business, you're probably not going to the most expensive real estate you know, attorney or estate planning attorney in town yeah. and saying, hey, I'm 26, send me business. You're probably trying to find younger professionals that are yeah. kind of in your stage, but those professionals don't have the experience you need. And so as I shifted that, I started going after the biggest, baddest COIs I could because I want the best ideas. Yeah. And then I started making relationships with these people because I was one of the few advisors not going to them and saying, hey, can I have business? And then all of a sudden, who do they call when they have a question? Ah, yeah. They call me. And all of a sudden, there's this like reciprocity of great ideas. Right. And the relationships just build that much faster. And and one good idea from a COI Jeez. is worth 100 times than one client they could refer to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so the I think the another way of saying this is what COI wouldn't want to – to give you information so that you can send them clients. That's right. I mean, the irony is it's sort of flipped where you're going to COI instead of saying, send me your clients. You're saying, I want to send you clients, but in order to do that, I need some really good real estate ideas. Can you give them to me? And they're like, yeah, if you're going to send me clients. Yeah, you're interviewing them now. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like I'm your competition because I might sell the house. Like, uh, no, I'm not real. Or I, I don't want to do taxes. I don't, you know, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to do property and casualty. Yep. And those are distractions. It, when we teach advisors how to charge their ideas, one of the biggest obstacles is, Sten, where do you where do you get all these ideas? Like, they think they have to go study and get their CPA and their yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, legal license, all this stuff. It's like, no, here's how you do it. You yeah. leverage other resources to become so dangerous that if you're in a room with somebody, you you can hear opportunity, yeah. and then they just want you on the team. So, and I, I don't think I shared this in another episode, but if I did, it's a great story. I was at a friend's house. Did I share this? Anyway, it's a great story. I'll tell, tell, tell twice if you already heard. I'm at a friend's house, and they say, Andy, what are you up to these days? Oh, I'm working with a great friend of mine, and you know, we're running this Elite Advisor Network. We've got a podcast for started, and we're starting something for advisor administrators soon, and just great. We've got this course, and da-da-da, and... He's a great guy and younger than me, but it's just, it's really well known for his ideas. And she said, his name's Sten. And I go, <laughs> yeah, it is. And she goes, my friend who I work with said to me last week, you got to meet with this guy named Sten. He has great ideas. So when I said great ideas, young guy, she's like, his name's Sten. And he has a memorable name. But the point is to be known for your ideas, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how many times have you heard anyone on this planet go, you got to go see my guy. He, get, he sold me a great insurance policy. I'm sure that happens. Yeah. But right? Not, yeah, that's not the but thing But not nearly about. as much yeah. about ideas. That's right. Because people, people are still weird about talking about money. But that's ideas, right. what do you do with ideas? You share them. That's right. You share them freely and openly. And so, if you're listening and, and yeah. you feel like we're attacking products, you know, or that we're against insurance no, or annuities or investments. products like, happen. That stuff is great. It's, it's the, yeah. the tools that are required. But like if that is what you are leading with. Like if the tip of your spear is hire me because I have this insurance policy or this fund, yeah, it's, it's a tough road. It's not a great separator. I mean, you could the marketing separate, yeah. team might say, "Oh, our product's totally different," but the customer doesn't know the they difference. Have no idea. That's right. Tell me the difference between a Ford and a Chevy. Some people could. Most people are like, I don't know. Tell me the difference between a Ford and a Tesla. Most people go, "Oh, there's a big difference." That's right, right? Because uh, there is. Uh, so let's talk about the level up steps, and what we'll end with that. What do you have to do in this to, to go from maturing 
to to really 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 get into the next to the next level. You have to become great at uh, you have great at hiring. Mm-hmm. So you have to get A players, yeah, right, that's on the, the team. Yeah, the hire slow, fire fast. Like I've, I've made some hires out of yeah. what kind of felt like desperation and yeah. this huge distraction. So the quality of your hires, uh, a creative hiring process, those yeah. things are really important. The next uh, being you have to be great at motivating and get the most out of that staff. That's it's right. not just about getting great people. That's part of it. Yep. But but staff will need to be no, mo- motivated and managed. And then, as we mentioned before, great COI development. That that you know, and again, we hear it so many times. Gosh, then where do I get these ideas? You know, you don't go become a tax attorney. You just take one to lunch. That's right, right. And again, think about this, friends. Think about sitting across from someone that's an expert in their field, and all you're asking them is, "I would like to send you business. Can you please give me the the ideas that excite you the most right now?" Mm-hmm. Who's going to be like, "Why are you bothering me? <laughs> Can I get my food to go?" That's They're right. like, "Absolutely, I'd love to share your ideas if you want to send me oh, business because yeah. you're not a threat to them." Because you're like, I don't want to be a tax attorney. Trust me, right? Yep. So that abundance mindset of like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, here's here's the right person to send me. Uh, so Sten, uh, thank you as always for your time. You're great. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. The goal for creating this show is to save you time and help you accelerate your personal and professional success. If you know someone that shares that vision, then send them a link to this episode. And lastly, as you heard on today's show, if you're interested in becoming a member of our Elite Advisor Network, then you can find out more information at stenmorgan.com slash E-A-N. As always, thanks for listening. We appreciate you.